0: Well, good morning, everybody. And welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt and I'm here with Pastor Jamal yo, and Pastor Todd. Hello. And man, this has been a weekend or week, week and a half of weddings, right? I mean, I so on Thursday, Rebecca's brother got married and I was in that wedding, actually, so it was fun. Um, but I know there was the wedding on Saturday you guys were at, and then like there was a couple. You did a wedding last week, Pastor Jamal. There's like a bunch,
1: right, yeah. going on. Yeah. The, the pandemic obviously pushed a lot of people's wedding plans around, and so everyone's trying to, I guess, get married before you know another one happens. You know.
0: Yeah. I heard there were
1: fireworks at the one that you guys went to.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god shout
1: out to jeff Van Boer though like he's been jeff is a production kind of dude like that's his yeah. mindset this, like
2: this is what happens though when you work at disney and then you have your own event i was gonna say he's like, like that you before, have a though. lot to compare to that, i mean right he was always <laughs> and like you have that. a lot of ideas rolling around your head oh we could do this we yeah do he was always
1: good. like that i think even before like in high school when he was in the youth group he's like oh you know what pastor mom we could put a lights behind the drum cage because he used to play the drums for the youth worship team and so he was like oh we could put a light here you know and i remember what i forget one youth night what it was we used to have the trailer and I think he put like a red light in the back. And so it was like a glow. I was like, Jeff, <laughs> this looks demonic. <laughs> I'm like, Yo, I don't know Get if that like this bass, but he, but no, he really <laughs> honestly loved like Demon Hunter. Like that was like <laughs> okay. his vibe of like, you know, Christian rock band back then. Let's make it a light blue. So, <laughs> so but anyway, but yeah. And then for him to go to Full Sail and, um, you know, there might have been a smoke machine. Yeah, maybe. For the oh, cans. oh, I heard that no, too. No, it was dry ice. Ooh. Dry ice. It was dry ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dry is ice. pretty cool. Yeah, the, which and, is
2: And indoor pyrotechnics too, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> oh multiple times. Yeah, that was like. Yeah, multiple. Times. I, I honestly safe?
1: was like, yo, that's. I I I, I think it was.
2: I, I think it was safer at the beginning of the night than it was at the <laughs> end, because you know, people have, were closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say too, like people were a little. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> they were, they were, they were having a good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were having a great time. So, oh. but yeah, he did. He had fireworks um, set off for her, um, like kind of before dinner, like before.
2: It was after they took our orders oh, while they okay, were right waiting there. for bring it, because it was huh, well after they took our orders and we're waiting for people to come out. A couple of us have gone outside and we're sitting around the the gas fire pits, and the next thing you know, everybody's coming out, and we're like, "What's going on?" I here?
1: asked though. I said, "Are they gonna do something out here?" Because I'm looking around. I see speakers and stuff. But set they up. didn't use those speakers. No, they? he did. He played this. He played the the guy who played music that was synced with the. Uh, did he play Disney music? There? Nah, it was oh. it was a whatever played. It was synced with the fireworks though. Wow, synced with fire. Wait, okay, I thought just having
0: fireworks in general, but it was synced with fireworks. And it was, Jeff, wow.
2: Jeffrey told me one time that you can do whatever you want at Disney as long as you have enough money. <laughs> so if, you, if you're if you planning on doing like a wedding at Disney, they'll do whatever you want as long as you have enough money to cover it. Wow. And I think that was a little bit of the philosophy with this yeah. Like I got the money, hey, I'm going to make it happen. Mm. You okay. can do fireworks. And it was uh, not no. Like, do, it wasn't like no short. We can do te- we can we, we can do televisions with the DJ that show the pictures that we took of the wedding party already.
1: Yeah, they were. It was <laughs> yeah. That was. I thought that was probably honestly that was the first time I've ever seen that at a wedding, where you go, you experience the ceremony, go downstairs, you start to do the meal and whatever, go through the fireworks, come back in from the fireworks, and on the TV screens set up around the dance floor. You start to see pictures of the ceremony. You start to see pictures of the fireworks. Wow. Like, I was like, how did they even? It was like crazy quick. But I was like they And they were that's good. Pretty, that's they pretty were good legit photos, though. too. So like and so shout out to the photography team to kind of know like I guess maybe without touching up some of those photos i mean they must
0: like, know they know how
1: to do they that they know like, what they, they do that yeah yeah they know what they're sh- what uh, what shots <laughs> it, they're looking for it
2: reminds me a little bit of like when you go to like great adventure and yeah. they take your picture and they give you a number and then and they start throwing on the you know it gets sent to wherever in like five minutes you can go buy the picture or whatever yeah so i think their cameras probably had maybe like some kind of wi-fi capability or something like that so as they're snapping the pictures it's, it's going somewhere, somewhere. There, and there's
1: someone else already yeah, touching yeah. it up yeah, or it whatever was pretty, it was pretty lit it was pretty pretty dope so funny sure so sh- you can do it <laughs> shout out to jeff and <laughs> stacy wow um well yeah. at a, uh,
0: rebecca and her sister wrote a song for her brother so when we got married six years ago, Rebecca's maid of honor, her sister, wrote us a song as her speech. But it was, like, funny. It was, it was like, hilarious. And, like, none of us saw it coming. Mm-hmm. So now... She was 15 at the time, so now it's, like, six years later. The song definitely feels like that. It, the, the, it matured in that time. Yeah. And uh, Rebecca, like, and her, they both sang it together. And then at the end, like, the wedding party came up and we, like, did this dance and everything. Wow. It was pretty cool. And actually... I thought he knew it was going to be coming because, like, it kind of felt like it's going to be a new tradition now that that's what happens at all her siblings' weddings. Mm-hmm. But he was, like, blown away, completely shocked, like, no no idea. Or maybe he just didn't know it was going to be so big. But uh, it's on YouTube. If you're friends with Rebecca on Facebook, I think she shared it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. I, w- I put the words on it, too, so you can see what the words are. It's clever. So. Nice. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun, but, um, you know, Pastor Jamal,
1: yesterday you were at River of Life, right? Yeah, River of Life Church. Yeah, so how'd it go? You, uh, preached there, right? Yeah, yeah, preached there. It was a good time. Um, yeah, just, you know, doing, doing what the Lord has, you know, laid on my heart. So it was, um, I think a little bit tougher because, um, COVID is is a thing. And so, yeah, um, Sometimes, you know, like people are a little bit more apprehensive, but they had their live stream going and I just, I don't know, preach, preach my heart out. So that's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you, do you have a passage or a topic that you were? Yeah. So they have been going through a series, uh, I guess they're going through a series of like this idea of being an end times church. And so I preached from, I guess, really technically Matthew 24 and 25. So I was preaching on, you know, Jesus talks to his disciples about the ends of the age, signs of the ends of the age, what that looks like. And then. Uh, He goes on to kind of describe a lot of different things, but I broke it down into um, what I believed were um, four ways that you could be prepared for the return of Jesus. So the title of my message was Don't Be Surprised, Be Prepared. It just comes from like the idea that a lot of people are kind of like surprised, like, oh, man, can, can you believe that the world looks like this? Can you believe that these things are happening? And I'm. And so my pre a little bit of my premise is like, why are you surprised that in the hand of sinful in the hands of sinful men that the world looks the way that it does? Like, don't be surprised, mm-hmm. but be prepared. Be prepared for the return of Jesus. And so then I talked about um ways you can be prepared. The first way was be watchful. And so I took that from the parable of the ten virgins. And so once Jesus kind of makes it clear, hey, this is this these are the signs of the ends of the age, you'll start to see these things, then he unpacks um the desolation, desolation of the temple, the abom- you know, the abomination, uh, you know, setting foot in the temple, what that looks like. But then he starts to tell those parables, He's, and all of them seem to be kind of guidelines for, hey, this is how you get ready for the return of the king. And so the first one was the parable of the ten virgins, and then that one I just talked about, hey, you need to be watchful, watchful of your oil, uh, make sure that you're ready, you know. And one of the things that I thought was interesting about the parable is that when the bridegroom does arrive, everyone is asleep, so it's not that it's this idea that everyone is caught off guard because they're not sure when he's going mm. to arrive, okay. but only half of them are ready. So you have to live your life in a way that you are prepared, even when the king arrives, because no man knows the day or the hour. Right. That's the mm, that's really and good. So he shows up but and everyone's asleep. So everyone's like, whoa. But at the same time, only half of them are ready. So talked about being watchful and being watchful of your oil and the oil being representation of the Holy Spirit, making sure that you stay filled Um with the, with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then I talked about uh, being um, fruitful and then talked about the parable of the servants. And, you know, two servants, uh, out of the three servants, two of them take the talents that have been giving to them, given to them and they're fruitful with it. And then the last servant, he buries it um, in fear of his master. And so uh, when the master comes back, he calls him a wicked servant for not um, being fruitful with what he had given him. So I challenged people to be good stewards of the gifts that God has given them because ultimately when you're a good steward of the gifts God has has given you you're giving glory to God and so to not do that is to you know not be a faithful servant so I Mm -hmm. talked about you need to be fruitful um and then the fine the next story Jesus tells isn't really a parable it's just um uh, I guess really like a a foreshadowing of how he's going to go about judgment. And then it's the separating of the sheep and the goats. And so I talk about how in that, <clears throat> in that passage, Jesus is very clear that the sheep are, you know, entered into the master's happiness. The goats are kind of, you know, cast away. And the thing that separates them is that the, sh- the sheep saw people who were hungry, who were thirsty, who were in need, and they did it for them or they did for those people. Um, and Jesus received it almost like in a way that it was personal for him. To see people being compassionate, so I said, "Hey, the first one is be watchful, parable of the ten virgins; be fruitful, parable of the talents, and and, and then be um uh just drew a blank. Oh, be compassionate, um like the sheep in in this passage, and then the final thing um, is really kind of like a thread of of the all three of those ideas put together. And the last one was be deeply connected or be rooted." Uh, In relationship with Jesus and that just comes from the fact that in each one of those parables the thing that really separates the group of people that are considered on the in and on the out is that they knew they knew the father or they knew the master or they they knew to be ready for the bridegroom there was this intimate knowledge of how he would operate that allowed for them to you know stay in relationship and so I talked about you know, if you're the sheep, you know that this is what's expected of you to be compassionate. If you're, you've been given a gift, you know what's expected of you is that God wants a return on the gifts he's given you. So if you are gifted with leadership, lead. If you're gifted with hospitality, serve. You know, God is expecting a return on those things because they speak to him and they draw people into relationship with God. And and then uh, with the parable of the 10 virgins, you know. Um, they knew to be ready they knew to have enough oil uh that w- when the bridegroom arrives they'd be ready to go so just talked about how that that knowing that intimacy is important in all f- of those aspects and so yeah
0: dude i mean it sounds awesome i mm-hmm. love the sermon and even the title uh don't be surprised be prepared yeah <laughs> even just like what you said like i feel like that is how no, i'm not going to go in a soapbox but that's how people post sometimes like they're so surprised but i'm like don't we like, don't we believe, like, things are going to get worse? Like, like, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Sin- the world is sinful. It's going to con- continue that way. So, like, why am I surprised when, oh, my gosh, this is happening? Mm-hmm. I'm not happy about it. I'm not like, oh, rejoice. But, like, I'm not surprised. So, uh, I yeah. like that angle, And I'm
1: not trying to be... Um yeah, I'm not coming at anybody. I'm just no, 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 no. And I, I'm, I'm just, I'm also like not trying to be the type that's like doom and gloom, like ah, the world's Ugh, going yeah, to a pit anyway. Like that's not my approach. I think my my at- attitude and mentality is, we know these things to be true. We know these things to be coming. Therefore, the best thing we can do is be faithful, uh, be watchful, and um, be compassionate and be deeply connected. That's it. Yeah. So, um, sounds good, man. Uh, I really like it. Um,
0: well, let's talk about uh, the Sunday sermon, too. And I know you weren't here for it, but I think, uh, Pastor Jamal, you weren't here for it. But uh, I think there's a couple things we can speak to. I had sure. I had I actually wanted to pick your guys' brain a little bit with this being the last week of this series called The Good Work, reading from the book of Nehemiah. And so this week was about dealing with distractions. And I think it was really good and really straightforward in that sense, too. You know, like, <clears throat> hey, God has called you to something, so... There's all these distractions that come your way. Don't be distracted. Know what God is calling you to. And there were some, you know, points and statements that Pastor Jeff gave that I think really helped to define that or clarify that. So I think it was really good. And I actually liked in the beginning, too. I don't know if you had any thoughts, Pastor Todd, or not. But in the beginning, he talked about the verse, Ephesians 2.10, made with a purpose. And then also in Ephesians, how our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces, the dark powers. And so he said, I really like this. I thought it was cool. He kind of set up the sermon. How does the enemy try to get Christians? One way is through fear. And he talked about that verse in 1 Peter about, you know, casting your cares on him. The devil's, um, uh, he's walking around like a lion. And then also through flattery. And he says, you know, you're going to see both of these in this chapter in Nehemiah. So I thought that was actually kind of a cool angle. Like, hey, here's some tools of the enemy. And then now let's watch that play out in chapter 6. Um, and he said, if your enemy can't destroy you, he'll distract you. So I thought that was a great point. Cause I'm like, yeah, how many, that's probably where most of us are most of the time is, well, I'm not X, Y, and Z. I'm not jumping off the cliff. I'm not killing somebody like, you know, so, Oh, are you doing God's will? Well, I'm not doing this. So am I positive? Am I do, am I accomplishing what God wants for my life? Am I glorifying God? A lot of times you answer that question by saying, well, I'm not in the negative. <laughs> like, And so it's like, maybe I'm distracted, though. Maybe I'm distracted by, well, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So, uh, but here's what I want to ask you guys. You know, in the first one, the first point, uh, Pastor Jeff talked about in Nehemiah chapter 6. He's being threatened uh, by these guys, uh, the enemies, Sanballat, Tobiah, uh, Geshem, I think was the other guy. And Pastor Jeff made the statement. He said, a lot of times what we call an opportunity, God often calls a distraction. And it was a great point. I definitely agree. But this was kind of hard for me too, because I think a lot of times I emphasize, and actually I think even last week when we recorded, we talked about opportunities and taking an opportunity. Mm -hmm. A lot of times that's how we talked about, I think all of us, like that's how we discovered more and more of God's call in our life is we took the opportunity. So I obviously agree with what he's saying and it makes sense, but it did, I was like, oh, dang, like, that's kind of like the opposite of like what I would tell somebody. So I see what he's saying because the context being, um, you know, that the enemies were inviting him to like, hey, meet with us so we can clarify what's going on because you're really causing confusion by building the wall. And Nehemiah wouldn't do it. And he's saying normally what we may say is like, oh, look, what an opportunity. Look at how these people who are not believers, they're asking me to share my story. Isn't this great? And I'm literally sitting there like, yeah, that's what I would tell somebody <laughs> if, like, if they told me this was going on. But would wow, you should meet up with them. So, you know, obviously it's not a sweeping statement that it's always true. It's just oftentimes what we call an opportunity, God, often calls a distraction. So how would you know the difference, I guess, is what I want to ask you guys. Because I feel like that's hard. How would you know the difference between, yeah, this is a God opportunity. And even when I, sorry, last thing I'll say, when I think of opportunity, I think of like, you don't have to do this. Like, it's not like a, right, isn't that an opportunity? It's like, I don't have to step into this, but if it's a God-ordained opportunity, I probably should, or God's going to really use it. So so that's what I mean by, hey, take the opportunity. It's probably better if you do. So how do you how do you know when something is an opportunity from God, and then how do you know when, you know what, it sounds like an opportunity, but really it's a distraction. It's going to take away from what God wants me to do. What would be your thoughts on that? I think the first thing that comes into my mind with that,
2: that may be a, a, uh, a guideline, not a definitive thing, is is—is um, is it in line with like your purpose. And, and I guess part of what I mean with that is not just – the purpose but my god-given purpose if god has called me to be a children's ministry i may have an opportunity over here to go and um i don't know i'm trying to think Uh, i'll use a very real opportunity if god's (laughs) a real example if god's called me to be a children's pastor but then he's over here and he's like hey you could fix this computer and make some money on the side um like is that a distraction from what god has called me to do which is to do children's ministry especially if it's taken my time away from focusing on those things okay that's a good you know example. so I, I i and so uh, so i think part of it is like if you understand if you understand what your purpose is from god and like god has called me to do these things if something comes along that's outside of the vein of that like completely outside of the vein of that the first thing I would think is that distracting me from where I need to be going. That's a maybe good, maybe not necessarily, but like, yeah. but like as a general, as a, a general starting point.
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's a good clear example. Like I think of myself, I'm not the world's best photographer at all. I'm just a hobby photographer. I like taking photos of the city mostly actually, but I've thought many times of like seeing if I can get in on like a wedding somehow like being somebody's second or third shot for free doing that a couple times because then maybe I somebody I can make some money is what I'm saying is like oh what dude wedding some wedding photographers make like a ton of money so I'm like if I put some time in maybe I can do it but I'm like I think it's a distraction in that it'd be I can make more money and it wouldn't be wrong I would say to do it but like that I, I'm just that's a good example that works for me because that why shouldn't I do that well a lot of times weddings are on the weekends like what if I'm preaching on a Sunday or I need to be there early on Sunday while well, I was at a wedding late last night? Why? Why did you do that? I wanted more money. Like, it's not wrong, but it may be a distraction for me, like I'm saying. But I've thought of that before. And
2: I think and and the reverse of that, like if if I know my purpose is like to do ministry and to, if you know, and an opportunity comes along that maybe isn't 100 percent that, but it's still in the idea of ministering to people. And I feel like God's been speaking to me about, like, are you settled here? Are you not settled here? And an opportunity comes. Then I think it's okay to take that, too. You, you know what I mean? Like, because then maybe that's an opportunity he's brought. But if it's, like, out of the left field that has absolutely nothing to do. Do, do. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, like if I've been praying, hey, God, <laughs> you know, like help me out here. I'm ready for this. Or what is my purpose? What's my whatever. And something comes up. I would say that that's more along with God, what, an opportunity. But if I'm like, s- feel like God has called me in this path and something comes out of the blue, then that's a distraction.
0: Could I, that could I, sense? could I have one more? I you look like you want to say something, but
1: I think I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm in agreement, I guess with your initial thought. I'm like, por qué no los dos, you know, why not do both? like, it I probably just,
0: depends on the situation. I think
1: I think it's a matter of and the personality. I think you can do both. I think it's a matter of and maybe this is why I'm like I I'm just kind of Yeah, like I guess if my priorities if it came down to a point of choosing and I choose to do the other one, I mm-hmm. think then it might be a distraction. Okay. But if I can do both and when it comes to a priority moment I choose to do the thing that I have purpose in. I feel like it's okay, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. like no,
0: no th- no, that's that's a good way. It's what well, both of you are saying to know the difference between an opportunity and a distraction, right? if If this thing, which isn't a bad thing, but if it's taking away, if in that priority moment, right, I'm choosing this, it's right. becoming a distraction now. Mm-hmm. So that maybe to answer the question of how do you know the difference, that can be a good way to know. Is this in line with my purpose? uh if it isn't that doesn't mean I don't I can't do it but now okay it's not necessarily in line with my purpose or what god is doing in my life right now oh and i would actually have to choose this over what god's doing in a priority moment like you just said I like how you said that um that's going to help me say this could be a distraction at the moment um cuz i also think <laughs> i'm really applying what you guys are saying right now like spray paint art i do that but that's on a hobby level that's um when an event comes up, I don't like take off for church to do that. One time, I left early once, uh, and it, it it was cool. Um, so that was like, hey, I like doing this. I do make a little money from it. It's fun, but I wouldn't say at all that it takes away from, you know, what God's doing in my life. And sorry, one more. It's just I'm <laughs> processing all this stuff. I'm also so yeah. Now I'm doing aim, and uh, Pastor Jeff got me involved with the clergy and also the human relations council too so it's like a couple things and so uh credit to him because he just made a phone call but i was like oh you know this is kind of like a couple things all of a sudden that i'm like these like random things i'm part of like i'm at like the one is is tonight's zoom call but um they are in line with things that like i i told him when i started here hey when i became when I start being full-time at a church, one of the things that I always wanted to do was get more involved with the community than I was at my previous church. I couldn't cause I was bivocational I was limited. So I'm like, I feel like, okay, it is kind of a lot, but that's in line with what I already communicated with pastor Jeff. Like this is important to me. Like this is on my heart being involved in the community. So I'm a little bit like, uh, I kind of have a couple things going on, but I'm like, no, I I think it's, I wouldn't say it's a distraction at this point because I communicated this is on my heart, if that makes sense. So I, I'm, like, live processing uh, through my life what you guys are saying. So
2: I think in the context of Nehemiah, Nehemiah's purpose was to build the wall. And I think them saying, oh, no, no, st- stop building the wall for a second. Come and talk with us so we understand what's going on. I think that's where it was the distraction. like. He was there for a purpose. He was there to rebuild that wall so that the Israelites could return. Yeah. He wasn't necessarily there to debate with people about why this is important. Is this good or not? And right. I think that's where it became the distraction. So and he
0: already had the approval from the king and stuff like that. So he knew he was on the up and up, if right. you will. So, yeah, it was a distraction. And I
1: think, and I don't know, maybe just I, I feel like there's been times, too, when I'm like when I'm doing something sometimes and a student is like, hey, Pastor Mark, can you talk? and i tell them i'm like well can you walk and talk like cuz i'm doing something right now i'm not opposed to having conversation with you but you know and you can even join in uh, you know i got to put these chairs up or i got to start you know move this stuff now. over
0: huh i need to start using that but like like, <laughs> like you know like, oh like,
1: oh you want to talk okay grab a chair <laughs> yeah so like sometimes i'll do that and they'll be like yeah sure and we'll get you know we can talk about these things while i'm doing something But that's not what's happening here in the passage. These guys want him to stop what he's doing and come down and have a conversation. You know, I'm not saying that, if I were Nehemiah, I would do it like this. I'm just saying an angle could be, oh, well, you guys want to talk? Grab a rock or grab a stone, you Mm -hmm. know, help build this wall. And and I'll be more than glad you know and to these answer guys, your questions. Right, and but that guys, was not their motivation. Right, these right. guys
2: were guys who were trying to discourage. They're the trying work to from, stop it, yeah, from happening. And 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 the same thing. Like when I'm teaching kids, my goal is I'm teaching kids. I'm not teaching curriculum per se. In other words, my goal is that the kids learn and that the kids are growing, not just that I get through the lesson. A, a, yeah, the lesson. So in the middle of of teaching, if something comes up. You know, it's an opportunity if it's from a sincere place. And so, hey, let's talk about that. We can put my thing aside. But you also have those kids that sometimes are like, yeah, no, my dad like was going to school and blah, 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 And they go off on this long story. Like there's no purpose in me being like, oh, but well, tell me some more about that, because that becomes a distraction from what we're getting to. But if the kid's like, oh, wait a minute, how? what about this thing? Because I've. Cause I've Wondered this thing about God, and it, like, is an important question that kind of connects, and it's not often left field. All well, those, whatever, um, <laughs> kids are always in left field, but <laughs> sometimes, but, no, but, 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 do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. then it's. Then that's taking an opportunity that God has brought before me, as opposed to being distracted by the long story about your dog. Y- you know. Yeah.
0: So actually, you could, in that case, you could almost flip it. Sometimes what we call distraction is an opportunity from God. Oh, this kid is distracting from the lesson. But, but, but no. If you, you have those indicators to know, actually, this could be an opportunity to really teach this kid or right. to teach everybody right now.
2: Because he's wanting to go deeper on something that's like really affecting his heart,
1: as opposed to just blurting out a random story so that sounds like to me discernment holy spirit like having a relationship with the holy with the holy spirit to be able to discern you know what is an opportunity and what is a distraction um i mean and i think maybe the best thing to do in moments just real practically speaking is to just stop and pray all right god is this a distraction is this yeah is this an opportunity you know is this my purpose is this a priority um and i think that maybe that is the answer. You know, how, you know, how do you know the difference? It may be naturally hard for you. You may be inclined to think differently about it than the way Pastor Jeff put it. The best way to know then is to pray about it and ask, ask God or, you know, be, be cultivate a relationship with God in prayer and in presence of the Holy Spirit so much that so much so that there is a discernment about yourself to know the difference. Yeah, no, you guys. I, I'm just. No, I'm. I'm, I'm also I'm live say, processing. No, no, no. So I'm also I'm, saying for myself too, because like I said, I I'm, I immediately was like, well, why can't you do both? But like, you know, I guess. No, you're you're totally on the yeah, money. Sometimes
0: I just, no. <laughs> I I no. Uh, so I basically preached that in my week. I said that like, Nehemiah was a man of prayer. He had the the popcorn prayers because right. he was having the times with God. So you know, sometimes when you preach something, and then you realize like you kind of. <laughs> take an in inventory <laughs> sometimes sure yeah so I'm like I think I need a few more of those popcorn prayers <laughs> actually I think maybe I did them a little more or whatever I, I'm like I need a couple more <laughs> like, mm. I need to in that moment just be like Lord and then it's whatever yeah. so a little raw right now that's why we do the podcast so yep. alright so those are really great thoughts guys I really appreciate that Um, anything else that you want to say about that one I thought that was really good so <clears throat> Yeah, so, you know, Nehemiah, and I like, to kind of something we just brought up, like, oh, Nehemiah was able to say no. A lot of times we'll say maybe when we really mean no, and, and I thought that was good, too. That's kind of a no-be-no no. side we're, thing. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say,
2: we're not good at that a lot of and times. <laughs> we feel bad telling people no? Yeah, But sometimes it really is good to tell people no. Well, they're judging I mean? you,
1: though. A, well, that's on them, right? <laughs> I don't know. Depends on how deep my insecurities are. <laughs> well, it's still on them. I, it's just, I, I'm I'm just helping say, I'm just saying. <laughs> that, I'm just saying. It depends on how deep my insecurities
0: are. No, yeah, are. but you feel bad. I guess that's mostly why. But You feel yeah. pressure. You feel like, oh,
2: I'm not being a good person if I tell them
0: no. Yeah, you I'm feel real. like I'm somehow being a jerk by saying no. But, um,
2: but sometimes those people have no problems telling us no, so
0: hey, you want to help out in Kids Church? No.
2: I was just thinking (laughs) that, though. So I'm like, why should I feel? No. And I'm not thinking the specific person. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm just saying that that's... You know, it's, like it happens. It's the reality of like everyone's it's got great ideas, but it's, nobody wants to do it. It's the reality stuff.
1: of ministry. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I've had yeah, same. Pastor, Jamal, we should do this event. All right, great. You want to help lead it? Mm, no, no, okay. maybe. I, I mean, cur- <laughs> yeah, cur- currently, right now, currently, right now, the one thing is a lot of the kids are like, "Can we do a lock-in?" I have to pray about that. I'm just, that's, I'm that's, just. That's the Christian note. I'm just not. not in, I'm, <laughs> I'm not into lock-ins right now, and I've said to them, I'm like, if you guys want to lock in, the youth leaders need to do it. Well, that's good. The the when I started here, the first at least six months, Kaylee, and Melissa kept
0: asking me that, and I actually did say no. So about a lock-in, <laughs> like, about a lock-in. You're, like, you're like you're in young, young adults, adult, mm-hmm. okay? Young adult lock-in. I'm like no. They're like, <laughs> oh, but 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 I'm like no, we're not cuddling. <laughs> this is just cuddle excuses here. I'm like I'm not getting into that. No, no, you don't have to. I'm like nope. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I, I said no to that one. No. Sorry, I love you guys. You're like you're
2: a young adult. You can stay up past midnight <laughs> if you want. Now you can do that in your own bedroom. <laughs> your you don't own. have to come to church to do that. <laughs>
0: Like it's okay. You can do that now. (laughs) You don't need mom and dad's permission. (laughs) Uh,
1: In fact, you should probably go to sleep. That's (laughs) (laughs) get get more rest.
2: And then we all like each other better when we've all had enough sleep. Yeah, well, that too. Yeah, I don't want to dislike you guys, but
0: just kidding. Uh, I love all the young adults. (laughs) Just thought it was funny. But, uh, okay, all right, so another one for you. So in the second point, talked about how, so what the enemies of Nehemiah do, they send him the open letter. They've already threatened him. They're already trying to distract him. Now they send him this open letter, and Pastor Jeff talked about, re- they said it was a report. Oh, well, it's been reported. You're, you're saying this. You're saying you're going to be king, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you come clear it up? And he's like, no, this is a rumor, you know, and mm-hmm. and being lower to that. So uh, Nehemiah is not distracted, and I'm going to go right to right here. Let's you guys want to talk about that. But um, Nehemiah, he basically—well, he does respond. I think in other times he doesn't respond, um, but in this case he does. He it, he denies the rumor. He says, "You guys are making this up. It's not a report. It's a rumor. Basically, you're making this up." And how does he know that? Because he didn't. He's not telling people he's going to be king. Well, They're well, saying you're you're
1: telling. It's been reported that you're you're uh, going to be king and stuff like that. And he's like, "Well." that isn't true oh no i thought he was sorry i thought he was like in terms of like that they're making this up like how did he know that they themselves made it up i was gonna because in my mind oh that
0: if people are not just saying this, right? he
1: can yeah like he can deny it and be like no this is this is not true but for him to also know that they made it up i'm just curious if that's in that text because if it is that to me speaks about again a thread i think that we've been talking about well, he says, okay, so the open letter says it's been reported that you
0: and the Jews are planning to rebel. That's why you're building the wall. You're going to be their king, according to these reports. You've also appointed prophets uh, to start proclaiming that there's a new king in Judah. So the king's going to find out is go- about this, so why don't you talk to us about that? all, all that's going on? That's the open letter. Uh, that's the Matt Jones paraphrase. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so, yeah, verse 8, he says, Then I sent a message to him saying, Such things... Oh, sorry, this is NASB. That's why it sounds blocky. Such things, as you are saying, have not been done, but you are inventing them in your own mind. Uh, for all of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they'll be discouraged with the work.
1: Yeah, that to me sounds like he's he's locked into the spirit of discernment here. Because if he can be able to tell, again, hey, you guys are making this up in your own mind, it's... he's He's... I think maybe that's the threat. Not in, the good work is a great series, a lot of great points in it. I think the magic behind this entire series is Nehemiah's relationship with God and that cultivated prayer life to be able to discern these things. Like it's it's like it's to me it to me is the secret sauce of this entire. Which so story. I that
0: w- that. W- was going to be my question, and mm. I feel like that's the answer, really, but if you want to say more. like
1: No, no, I was just saying that, that's my thought.
0: No, I, I was going to say, like, so his response is so good. He denies the rumor, he prays, and then he went back to work, and I guess I feel, like, easier said than done. So I was going to say, how do you do that when yeah. you do feel criticized? You know, whatever the case may be, you have these distractions that come. Nehemiah had, a, obviously, the right response here. Um, but I just
1: think it's really hard. Like, you know, I always get distracted. So uh, don't ask me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm the, I'm the guy who gets. <laughs> but distracted. But I feel like so you answered it like with the, the prayer life. Well, because that that's is, what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that's the answer. Like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to pray more then. Because like in my mind, I just, I'm always distracted. So um, and I think i just going back to the, I think the original, uh, the initial um introduction about fear versus flattery. Yeah, fear is the one that'll. I think put me help. Fear is the thing that pumps the brakes for me. So the distractions come and then it's fear. It's like, Oh, I freeze up. I'm like, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Shout out to Lisa Maneri though. Lisa Maneri is, you know, we, we joke, we go back and forth. People, you know, people don't understand. She's actually the youth pastor. I just kind of like do whatever she wants to do. (laughs) Um, but she's always been encouraging and always like, oh no, you know, like kind of like that voice to to, to challenge some of the things that sometimes kind of like run around in my brain. I'm like, oh, well, what about this? What about this? She's like, no, you can't do that. Or you know, so yeah, I think you need you need two things. You need you know cultivated prayer life and discernment and a Lisa in your corner, and then you and a and then you'll be all right.
0: Well, um. I thought of that verse too. Uh, it's Proverbs. I just forget which one it is, but where it says, As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool returns to its folly. And uh, I think I can find it if I keep looking. But I thought of that as well. Like, these guys are saying things, blah, blah, blah. And so Nehemiah, he, well, again, he does address, he denies the rumor. He doesn't not say anything, but he doesn't entertain it. He keeps going. And just like a, a dog returns to its vomit, a fool returns. Oh no, that was the one I thought of, and there's one other one. Wait, wait, wait! I gotta find it. It's uh, it's um, for lack of wood, the fire goes out. Do you know that? And what's the second part? But basically, like, I don't need to feed this. Like, oh. I it, the more I feed this, the more this will continue. Right. So, again, Nehemiah is living that out. Basically, like, just focusing on what God has. I'm gonna find this. Yeah. And there's also
2: <clears throat> Proverbs five twenty one that says, For your ways are in full view of the Lord and he examines all your paths And I know that doesn't sound like it relates, but it does in the fact that whose eyes are you living before? Yes. And that's an important question that we ask ourselves. Am I am I am I doing this for the praise of others? Am I doing it so that I look good in their eyes and um or is ultimately God the final judge of whether I've done a good job? Is God the final judge of whether or not I've I've been pleasing in what I've done. And I think sometimes I can help if we're like, okay, I know I'm getting some criticism here and here, but I'm trying to do these things before God and I'm doing them for God. Not that that gives you a license to do whatever, but like an honest evaluation of have I been doing these things before God as though God sees everything I do. If I feel like I've done my best to be up and up with God, then yeah, there are going to be people who are going to be upset. Like yeah. scripture is kind of clear about that too, that, that, I mean, they hated Jesus and I would say Jesus kind of did everything right, (laughs) you know? So if they hated him when he did everything right, you know, sometimes we try to make everybody happy with us and we kind of miss out on the point that like, if we're living before God's eyes, you know, and we're, and we're safe and secure in him because we've done our best before his eyes, then when other people are upset with us, we don't have to be destroyed by that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um you know we can we can if there's legitimate criticism then we take the legitimate criticism not that that's easy either but we have to keep reminding ourselves to shift our focus is i guess what i'm i'm trying to say
0: you know yeah and you're right you don't have to be destroyed by that in some sense if you're not encountering any opposition at all like if somebody's going to be upset when you're following god's will and i think when he said like that too um, Jesus did everything right. There's that passage in John after he feeds everybody. And then um, he's saying, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And everyone's like, what do you mean by that? And he just like basically keeps insisting on it so much so that people are like weirded out and they they leave. Like you're gross. As a result, many <laughs> people leave. So he does the one miracle that's recorded in all four gospels. You could argue one of the greatest miracles he did. And then... Uh, then throws people off so bad that they leave. And I always, I remember some preacher, maybe it was in a winter retreat or something, brought that up. I'm like, Jesus, what kind of evangelism strategy is this? And I thought to say, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, but hey, he did he knew what he was doing. Not that I'm saying we should turn people away. Right, but right. he, that, he right. knew that's what he was not doing. A, that's
2: not a license to to be a jerk. That's no, not no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not a license
0: I'm, to just like, oh I don't care what people
2: think. I'm but sorry, it's, I'm just but live it's putting so. what people think in the proper perspective. Yeah. That first comes, have you been faithful and true to God? If you've been faithful and true to God, then if other people are mad at you, maybe there's something going on with them that you have no control
0: over. That's really good way you said, too. Maybe even another way to sum up probably this message with the distractions. Well, even last week with the discouragement, putting into perspective what people think it's not that you don't care what people think because it is important. And a lot of times it's an indicator, it, good or bad, but putting it in perspective when you're Nehemiah is putting that in perspective. Um, and for us as well. And that verse, by the way, is Proverbs 26. The dog one is verse 11, but uh, it's the same chapter. That's why I thought of that verse. Proverbs 26, 20 for lack of wood, the fire goes out where there's no whisperer contention quiets down. So, you know, when you don't feed lies and rumors, eventually your character should speak for itself, you know. So some really good thoughts, guys. Um, you know, the last the last point passage of called the intimidation, basically, you know, something I like that he said was about not having the spirit of entitlement. Like he could have said, oh, because so they threatened Nehemiah and uh the one guy he's like a prophet he says hey well you got to come to the temple they're going to kill you you know why don't you hide here and again I initially like upon reading that was confused as to why that would be wrong like I'm like well if there's guys that want to kill you but what you discover as you keep reading well it's all lies anyway this guy was hired by them and stuff and he said if Nehemiah had that entitlement mentality the spirit of entitlement like well, it is true. I've been working so hard. Well, look at the sacrifices I've made for God. My life's in danger now. I got to go hide. I got to God, you know, and how that entitlement is is not good. And um, I just want to say I was talking to somebody who has dealt with some moral failures, uh, like with pastors, and they actually said the common denominator is actually always entitlement. Um, so I thought, just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, this is what i deserve this is i I work so hard you know i do all this for god and that's usually your justification for these different things that go on but you you were going to say something but entitlement
2: no i'm sorry no i had a a random random thought that is now not appropriate since you were going a little heavy there oh i just (laughs) wanted to throw it
0: in i didn't want to like park there i just thought that that was important like but yeah
2: yeah I, i i think um more along the lines what you're saying, the, even that idea of entitlement is, is sometimes I think stuff that was already in our heart. Ministry didn't necessarily put that entitlement in there, but I think because of the fact that l- sometimes life is hard and ministry can be hard, that that entitlement has a way of rearing its head, getting yeah, squished out. It out. Of
0: you. Yeah. Ah, man, it's even harder because that means it was in you. Already. <laughs> it was literally, but like
1: I feel like that's the. In- So that's the entire message of the God or at least the entire message of the gospel. But a good chunk of it is, yeah, like when Jesus even says, you know, it's not what goes into a man that makes him unclean. It's what, you know, comes out of the heart, you know, like.
2: But you know what's good about that? It means that you're a part of the human race that we all struggle with those things. And what's and and being a pastor doesn't doesn't necessarily create something within you that that. Yes, there are struggles and stresses about being a pastor that are unique. Yeah. But I guess what it means is that you're uh, – how am I trying to say this? I'm, we, it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that because you're a pastor, you're cursed and going to have to – like, these are the struggles of humanity.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah. And I'm just a big proponent of, like, you have to preach the gospel to yourself on a regular basis. Yeah. Hmm because that's literally the entire message is my righteousness does not cut it ever it never will yeah and i have no other choice but to rest in the righteousness of christ jesus and the more i could preach that gospel to myself i feel like uh, I, I i don't know if you're you know if you're the type of person maybe you're in some type of ministry and maybe you're you're serving at your church like you know and you feel as though like serving at your church has given you some sort of elevated like status or like you said you know entitlement you have the best thing you could do for yourself is to continuously preach the gospel to yourself as a daily reminder that you need jesus like and even as a pastor i need jesus every single day like i'm not um exempt from the necessity of that thing so yeah, I agree with you. you were, you're in great, like what you're saying, Pastor Todd, you're in great company, and you're... And thousands,
2: even, well, thousands,
1: millions of saints who have gone before, <laughs> you have, know? Right, find themselves at the very same <laughs> yeah, crux, same like, place. okay, wow, this, this wickedness is in me? Okay, I need to be delivered of this. Where do I go to be delivered of this? The cross. Welcome. Welcome to Christianity. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. welcome to the history of what this is.
0: Okay, so could i could I ask you one more thing we we could wrap yeah, up after yeah. this? this is kind of going off script now, but from what you guys are saying,
1: um okay, so
0: you're probably not like prepared like about this passage or anything, but Romans seven, Paul's talking about the struggle of his sin, and it's in line with what you guys are saying, but sometimes so he's talking, and he's like he says, "Oh, I want to do God's will." But then you know the very uh, things I don't want to do are the things that I do, and the very do. things
2: that I don't want to do are the things that I do. <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's and it's very reassuring when you feel you know when you can identify with that. But this is the one thought sometimes I have. He said he says. Um, so it's not because my mind doesn't want to sin, but oh, my body does. It's not me that's sinning; it's sin in me that's sinning. And in some ways, I feel like it's almost is that like not taking ownership and of course paul is taking ownership i know he is so i'm saying but like i think when i read that sometimes i'm like it's if i take that attitude doesn't that sound like oh well that wasn't me pastor jamal that was sin inside of me that sounds like a lack of ownership versus what we were just saying about hey that's inside of me and um, i'm good so so yeah i want to know what you thought like i think what you guys said all still applies to what i what i just said but I just think that sometimes. Yeah, but, but
1: so my uh, a lack of ownership for doing and for, for sinning specifically or being guilty or both.
0: I don't know. I guess I just feel like I'm not the one that sinned. It was sin inside of
1: me. Well, I feel like he also kind of he gives you that because I think it's bait, bait and switch, in my opinion, uh-huh. because the context is he's. He wants you to be like, yeah, 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 it, it's sin in me. So that he can hit you with the next chapter and say, yeah, so then should you, should you continue to sin then? Yeah, you're right. You yeah, know, like, yeah. so now you're stuck. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's yeah. how Paul is, he's giving you the bait to be like, yeah, I agree with this. Great. So then if you agree with this, then you must also agree with this. You can't continue to sin, like, and expect grace to increase. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Like I yeah. Lo- Like, I don't know. I feel like it's such a, it's an intellectual boxing no match. it is and it i feel is. like he hits you with that he le- like he leaves his left hand down so you can feel like you get a hit and see like yeah see i'm not a bad person it- it's the sin in me that does this yeah and then he hits you with the right hook he's like okay cool so then if that's the case
0: <laughs> then you're not controlled by sin you're it- controlled by the spirit I, like i like i just the, I, you know, I, those I just, yeah
1: so i'm taking i i look at that in the in this like it's a piece of the puzzle he yeah, wants no, no, you to that's think good, that and good. feel that trap so that he can hit you with this idea that you can't go on sinning and hope that grace may increase. So what is the proper response? You know, like I feel like that's why he prefaces it like that. I could be wrong, though.
0: No, no, no. And it's still in line with what you guys said about like the gospel and I still need Jesus. So even if he were saying, which he's not because it's just that one little sec, that yeah, it's piece of the puzzle, even if he was saying, oh, well, it's not really me. It's the sin inside of me. Well, that's still going to send me to hell, like that sin. So I still need Jesus to get rid of it. And I guess, again, that's part of what he's saying. Hey, so if you are in Christ now, yeah, you want to follow God's will. You want to follow God's law. The sin inside of you sometimes prohibits you from doing so. But, yeah, I'm going to tell you what, Romans chapter 8, like now you're controlled by God's spirit. So if you're still sinning, if you're still saying, well, it wasn't me, like that's, you got to be getting past that in these In the sin areas in your life yeah
2: he actually finishes out that section for saying for in my inner being i delight in god's law but i see another law at work in me waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me Uh, what a wretched man i am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death and i think within that like there's an acknowledgement here of like i want to do the right thing but there is something else at work inside of me Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily saying that's sin that's been done to me. It,
0: it, it. He's not proclaiming an innocence of, so uh, I'm not culpable. I, I shouldn't be held responsible right. for this. That's he's, not what he's, he's doing saying. I, I want this. to do the
2: right thing, but actually, there's something else at work within me, and the only hope for that thing that's at work within me is to be rescued through Christ. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I think another yes. places in Scripture you read about how, well. Where does temptation come from? Temptation comes from the th- very things in our own heart that we want. And I think that is this other thing at work that Paul's talking about. My own heart wants the wrong thing. I want to do the right thing, but then I also want to do the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that that battle that's going on there. That's the other work that's happening within me is my own desires. Right. And know? I think
1: I don't know. I've always liked the the idea that, or I don't know if it's, you know, I think some teachers, some theologians would probably teach this, but no theological idea is complete in one letter or one book. So Paul kind of, if you read like his letters, you'll see him hop, from the, hop on this in a bunch of different contexts. So he'll do this even in Galatians where he talks about, you know, the war of my flesh against the war of my spirit and talks about how the flesh cannot submit to God's law. Like it just can't do it. Therefore you need a new way of life. And then, yeah. you know, it goes into living by, um, the spirit, which produces the fruit of the spirit in Galatians. So you kind of see him talk like this in, in multiple spaces and places, but it seems to be very consistent with this idea. Like, Hey guys, there is this war being waged. You feel the tension of this. You may think to yourself that you have it under control when you really don't. Um, the only person who could rescue, rescue you from this is Jesus. And Jesus gives a new way of life, which is a life by the spirit. Um, and it's all really truthfully the work of God. So you can't boast about it. Like he's, you know, in my mind, I'm threading together multiple thoughts from all of his letters to give you one kind of, I guess not consensus, but what is it called? Um, Uh, consistent Uh, like a one like just a basic like like the thread of overview Overview. yeah like a thread an overview of like what he's trying to say in all these letters is hey man don't you hate when this thing happens in your life yeah man i really do it's like uh you think about those infomercials do you hate not being able to open your cabinets yeah man i hate not being able to open my cabinet well we well we've got a solution for you like and it's kind of and not to i don't want to make no, but I, to be like a, you I actually know.
0: think that's a good perspective because, uh, I, I mean, I know that's cheesy, but the the Bible's offering a solution because sometimes what we can do is be a little. Uh, we need doctrine and theology, and we need we need a systematic theology. So don't think that I am hating on that, but sometimes we can get a little too mechanical. Well, if it says this, it means this. Well, if this is the case, blah blah. And so, I think the Bible is more doing that, and 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 what you're saying now. Paul's doing that with sin. Hey, don't you know? Doesn't it stink to sin? Don't you sometimes wish you could live God's ways? This and that. Here's, uh, guess what? God's Spirit can empower you if you believe in Jesus. He should be helping you get over sin. And it's it's a commentary. It's it's offering a solution to a problem we experience. And I think sometimes that's like a good that's a good perspective to remember. Um, and I actually heard along with this a podcast recently. They're talking about the atonement, like God, uh, Jesus' work on the cross for us, and how actually every time you see it in the New Testament, it is applied and described just a little bit different, basically saying, um, look how it works in this situation. Look, le- Like all the New Testament writers are using Christ's atonement and saying, look how it affects you here. Look how it, what Christ does for us here. Look at the relationship with God we have now as a result. And so... I don't know what my point is. I think I'm just agreeing with what you're saying. Like Paul. Yeah. You don't, like you said, you don't build a theology from one verse, I guess. Or like he's offering that solution to,
1: I'm going to repeat myself. No, no, you're good. I think that's just what, yeah. what I, what it I read It all comes about down to Jesus. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. What I read <laughs> about right that, answer. what I, what I understand about that verse is like, yeah, that's a part of the puzzle. And when you start to put the pieces together, you start to see it just a little bit more completely. Um, And I think too, and I have another thought, but I it's, I think it's a little bit more a little bit more complex and I don't want to have to unpack all of it, but like, it's just like this idea of like, if I'm just going like a tree and its fruit, like if you're rooted in, sometimes we get rooted in the results of the fruit of the flesh and think to ourselves, well, God must think this. God must think this, and God must think this. But when reality, we need to root ourselves in who God is and what the Bible says that God, who the Bible says God is, what the atonement means for us. And when we do that, then we begin to reverse engineer the fruit of this, the the fle- flu of the flesh, so that we could produce the fruit of the spirit. I I th- I think I'm saying that right, but I I don't I don't know. But I think. Yeah, I get. I think, I, 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 I think I'm a little jumbled in it, but I know what I'm trying to say is going back to the original idea, right, of, you know, entitlement being squeezed out of us because it was already there. Unless we ch- change what we believe about ourselves and what we believe about God to produce different fruit, you're going to always produce fruit of the flesh. Yeah, You're going to always, entitlement is always going to get squeezed out of you unless you become surrendered and dependent upon Jesus to do the work in you and you rest in the work that Jesus is doing in you. You surrender to those moments when you can choose to be entitled or choose to serve. You know, like choosing yeah, so to you, serve instead. <clears throat> you so don't... That, sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, no, finish. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm, done. You, you, you,
0: you don't root yourself in the fruit. Oh, I have entitlement in me. Let me root myself in not being selfish or something or, or whatever. No, you have to root yourself in Jesus. And then as a result of that, entitlement starts to find its way out and you're producing selflessness. I don't root myself in the fruit that we get caught up. Well, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. I should be uh, rooting myself in peace. No, no, I root myself in Jesus, who's the prince of peace. And then as a result, I start producing peace. And yes. yeah, so sorry, I cut you off. No,
1: no, no, I'm, I'm good. Cool guys well
0: thanks for the discussion That's really good today um, great discussion and I appreciate all of your thoughts so a couple things just wanted to throw out there some things to celebrate oh my gosh I just said that the Yankees <laughs> are at a 500 record uh, worth celebrating <laughs> I can't believe it but they uh, they did sweep the Tigers the worst team in baseball right now so way to go us and now we're <laughs> now we're at a 500 record so hopefully, hopefully we just keep going up um, I don't know how much you guys are keeping up with baseball or Know how the Cardinals are I'm around. locked nah. in a ba- I'm locked in a basketball right now oh, yeah, you, said that. you yeah. said that so and okay one more thing to celebrate tomorrow is May the 4th be with you May the 4th be with you Star Wars Day so um, I did here at Network Summit tomorrow
2: you're supposed to come dress like a Jedi
0: um, potentially if you guys want oh you're going to be virtual right oh I'm going to be virtual so I mean, but I, I am going to be mean, watching because <laughs> I want to see that I got a phone call and they were like hey can you bring a lightsaber and come with the robe I think a few of us may I'm like perhaps I can
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I will stand uh, for those of you guys who celebrate the 5th and recognize the revenge of the 5th instead. of the 5th nice
2: also known as
1: Cinco de Mayo Cinco de Mayo yeah
2: so does that mean that, ma- that makes that tacos are for
1: the Sith man in Sith alone that's what I was gonna say <laughs> oh, yeah we should eat some tacos I've been actually re- yeah that day we were talking about tacos
0: I'm really in the mood for some tacos taco truck maybe maybe on, on Cinco
1: de Mayo they're, re- they're not, not open today tacos to and Avalitos when today oh I don't know they're not open today
0: we can go on Wednesday because it's Cinco de Mayo although actually Wednesday's kind of tough week
2: I'm just gonna have to go every day this week
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean they are literally literally they are like within walking distance from my house so they're in my neighborhood yeah wait
1: so. last question that place you were talking about in freehold what was it called again Lindo us As, asking oh no, it was, uh, uh, no, it no, okay. no it's like asking the past Escondidas no no it's, no, 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 no. no. Esculet, uh, it's, it starts with an A
0: yeah, okay, so right, I, I, I went to Fuchsia good. yesterday and then across the street is a Mexican place and the food's I was hungry, but the food smelled good and I was like, Oh, maybe this is that place Pastor Jamal was talking about, but I guess not. Alright, cool. Well anyway, hey, if you've joining us, thank you so much for joining us today on this week's podcast. It's been Pastor Matt. Pastor Jamal. And Pastor Todd. And we'll see you next time.